Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we are going to be doing our top 12 running back rankings for Dynasty. Obviously, these differentiate slightly from redraft leagues just due to the fact that you want these guys for long term, so we're trying to pick these guys based on Dynasty. So before we get into it, I'm joined here with Lucas Kaser. Uh, he, we made a quarterback video that was out a few days ago when you're watching this, so make sure to check that out. Lucas, do you have anything to say before we get into it? Nope, just excited to be here. Go check out the quarterbacks. Um, those were a little more differentiating, differentiating in how we had them compared to these. Yeah, definitely. So uh, both of our 101, our number one guy at the running back position is Christian McCaffrey, Carolina Panthers. Obviously, everyone knows who this guy is. Running back one last season in 2019, 287 carries, 17.9 per game. Fourth in the NFL, 1,387 rushing yards. Third in the NFL, 143 targets. First in the NFL, 116 receptions. First in the NFL at the running back position, 1,005 receiving yards. First in the NFL, pretty much everything this guy does is best in the NFL. Besides red zone touches, which is where he's second with 66, 4.1 per game. And his total touchdowns were, you guessed it, best in the NFL, 9 so obviously we both have Christian McCaffrey so high just because of how skilled the guy is he gets he's pretty much a running back and a wide receiver combined you don't find many wide receivers or running backs getting a thousand receiving or rushing and this guy does it both so why do you like Christian McCaffrey why do you have him at the one-on-one above these other guys I mean he's gonna regress I mean, most likely I guess if he definitely could do it again but even if he regresses he still had 149 more points than Aaron Jones yeah. and 100 100 more snaps than Zeke who is second in total snaps so like I don't know. Say so he evens out snaps with Zeke. He's still scoring more points per touch than Zeke. So he's still going to score more points. So it's just like, I, there's not a discussion here. Like maybe redraft, maybe if you think like Barkley's going to put in 20 touchdowns or Kamara might, but they're just don't be dumb. Just take McCaffrey and move on with your team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no reason to think that anyone will – he's just the safest pick by far, so we don't really need to go in about him. Everyone knows who he is. If you've been playing fantasy or just watching the NFL for a while, you know how much of a beast this guy is. So, at number two, we have Saquon Barkley, who last season finished as running back 10 in PPR, but he only played in 13 games. He got a bit banged up, but he somehow came back on an injury that most people thought was going to take like six, eight weeks because the guy's a beast. 217 touches, uh, 1,003 rushing yards, 15th in the NFL, 73 targets, 8th at running back, 52 receptions, 11th at running back, 438 receiving yards, 11th at running back, red zone touches, 35, and total touchdowns is 8. So obviously, running back 10 isn't amazing for a guy that you think is going to be a top two running back. But at the end of the day, he was hurt last year. The team is getting better. Obviously, Danny Dimes is going to be there for a while. And he didn't look as bad as most people assumed he would. So he's pretty good at handing the ball off. And that's all Saquon Barkley needs. They went ahead and drafted an O-lineman in the draft to obviously help out Saquon so that he doesn't die. So hopefully that makes the right move. And I think that Saquon Barkley to me is the number two. But I honestly think Christian McCaffrey in Dynasty is a tier ahead of him. Just for me, it's like Christian McCaffrey is just that much yeah. better. I don't know what you think about that, but what do you think? No, yeah, there's definitely like God tier, and then there's like tier one. Um, I mean, it's probably the same thing that happened when Gurley was doing his thing two years ago. I'm sure there's yeah. the same conversation. But yeah, I mean, they added Andrew Thomas, Matthew Pert in the draft. So obviously their O line is we we, we want to think back to good now. Um, we'll see how it plays out. Joe Judge is the coach, and his first interview, he said he wanted to run the ball. So I, I have a yeah. strong feeling they're going to run the ball. They did not add any receivers or like which they didn't really need to, but that just signals that they are confident in Saquon to keep his workload. He was um, fourth in opportunities per game. So that's not going to change. It might even go up. We'll see. I don't know. I think McCaffrey and still like Eckler will still be ahead of him in terms of like total touches because 
Saquon catches probably five or six balls a game, nothing too crazy like that. And then he was yeah. 31st in touchdown rate out of all the, I think, top 60 running backs that I chart. I mean, like, you can't project touchdowns, but if you're fourth in opportunities, you drafted O-line, you're going to run the ball, it's most likely going to go up. Um, he could get injured again. I don't really know the severity of his injury. I'm not a big, like, injury guy, but I it, – it, yet again, I don't want to say don't be dumb, but, like, he brings so much more to the table than Kamara does to me, and there's less weapons to feed. They're probably going to be losing more and more plays on offense. I think it's just another easy pick in redraft and in dynasty. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, don't really don't be an idiot. Come on. It's so simple. CMC one, uh, Barkley two. So at number three, we both actually have different people. You have Alvin Kamara and I have Ezekiel Elliott, Dallas Cowboys running back. So we'll go over Zeke first here real quick. So Zeke last season finished as running back number three in PPR. He was absolutely dominant. And that's just because he started to get more uh, in the receiving game than he had in years past. So he had 72 targets, 54 receptions, 419 receiving yards. He had 301 carries, 1,357 rushing yards. Uh, and then he had 14 total touchdowns, fifth in the NFL. So this guy was just tearing it up all year long. Like I said, last year he finished as running back three. So I'd be very surprised to see him fall outside of the top five. I think him, Barkley, and CMC to me are just the most safe guys just because I think that the offense kind of runs through them uh, more than some of these other guys like, say, Kamara. I don't think he's the focal point Michael Thomas is. So what do you think about Mr. Ezekiel Elliott, and why do you have Alvin Kamara and Joe Mixon above him? Yeah, the only thing – I had him at four, and then I actually, like, dug into it. The only thing I have that little bit of concern is McCarthy's the new head coach, and from 2016 to 2018, the most recent three years of his coaching, uh, the total running backs, like, whoever ran the ball that year uh, with the running back listed, 342 opportunities in total. Yeah. Last year, Zeke and Pollard combined for 479. So – I don't know what to make of that because of, I think that McCarthy never had any guy, maybe even two running backs with the talent that Pollard and Zeke have. Nope. They did add CeeDee Lamb. They're going to pass the ball. So it's a little concerning. I think his opportunity will come down a little bit, but then it comes back to me that he's getting paid $10 million a year. Is he really going to lower that based on what happened last year? So I think it's more – I see a little bit of regression, and I, I just really like Joe Mixon. And then I think Kamara's going to return back to that safe floor. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. I mean, like you said, they paid him so much goddamn money. They still haven't even played, paid Dak, so they have to 100% use him. So I think that he should be great, and he should be good for the future. He doesn't seem like a guy that really has any injury problems. He does have, as people would call, discipline problems because he does some shit off the field that you wouldn't like. But with that said, I think he's still a safe pick. So number four, your number three guy, I got Alvin Kamara, New Orleans Saints running back. Running back number let me see real quick I'm so sorry I'll just read all his other stats off first <laughs> he had 171 carries 797 rushing yards 97 targets 80 more receptions 533 receiving yards 36 red zone touches and six total touchdowns he was running back number nine in PPR last season so obviously he had a down year but to me running back nine is kind of his floor his ceiling is as one of those top four guys top three guy in your case I think that he is a very talented guy and I am just a bit worried of what happens when Breeze leaves now I understand they have Jameis now, but Jameis didn't really seem to be that check down kind of guy. He was more of the close your eyes and just heave it down the field kind of guy. So that does kind of worry me. But at the end of the day, Alvin Kamara is just such a talented guy, regardless of who's around him. We saw with Mark Ingram with him there, great talented running back. He's fine. Latavius Murray, not as good as Mark Ingram, but he's still up there. He's pretty talented running back, and it's still all Alvin Kamara. Last season, he wasn't up to snuff, but at the end of the day, I think that he was still a great player last season. So I think he just builds upon what he did a few years ago and just continues to be that guy from here on out for the future. So what do you think about Kamara, even though you kind of talked about him? 
Yeah, I mean, I think one thing with Latavius Murray, we saw that there's always going to be some type of power runner. I mean, Kamara broke out and they went and paid Latavius Murray. So, like, I don't know how much we need to see with that. But in Kamara's first two years, the running backs under Sean Payton have 390 uh, rushing attempts. Mm -hmm. Last year, that was all the way down to 330. So, I'm not projecting that it's going to bump back up to 390, but we get to see some sort of middle – with that, obviously, Kamara was hurt. Uh, when Kamara was hurt, there, I'm pretty sure their backup was Taysom Hill. Not going to lie. I don't really know. Uh, Buck Allen might have been a thing then. I don't even know who was really there. <laughs> but if Kamara stays healthy, um, I'm pretty sure 81 receptions, right, in all three years? Yeah, every single year. He's like uh, Dak with the three rushing touchdowns, 81 exactly. receptions every year. So we can, we can project him there at his floor. Um, with the whole Jameis thing, I feel like that's not like – the Saints aren't going to sacrifice Kamara for Jameis's upside. So I feel like there's going to be something maybe like, yo, listen, you got to throw the ball to Kamara type thing. Or maybe they move him out to the slot more or something. I think they'll figure that out. I don't think they're too worried about that. Mm-hmm. But I just think the upside um, when that rushing attempts returns back is greater than – I do think the Cowboys are just going to throw the ball all over the place. Um, they obviously drafted the CD Lamb for a reason. So I just think that Zeke also has a really high floor. But I don't think we're going to see those – two to three touchdown games that he's been giving us. Um, so I just have Kamara up there. It's just such a safe pick in PPR that you don't even have to worry about and that you know those 30-point games are always there. Yeah, 100%. I love Kamara for the future. I mean, actually, actually, before the season started or before we started looking more into it, I actually didn't like Kamara, thinking that he'd be more down, and that really just changed my mind because I was just dumb thinking that he wouldn't return back to his formal self. So at number five, your number four guy, I have Joseph. Mixon running back number 10 last season I believe but he should not have he was literally probably running back uh, like 30,000 at that point during last season he was looking terrible he didn't do anything at the beginning of the year he finished running back 13 I'm so sorry but last season 278 carries fifth amongst running backs 1,138 rushing yards eighth 45 targets 35 receptions 287 receiving yards 40 red zone touches, eight total touchdowns. So, like I said, the beginning of his season was garbage. People were like, Nick, you dumbass. Why would you tell me to draft him? And honestly, you may not have made the playoffs because you had him. But at the end of the year, he came on, and he was on fire. The Bengals cut today as we're recording this. They did cut uh, Andy Dalton. So, it's clearly going to be the Joe Burrow show there in Cincinnati. And I see no reason to believe why Joe Burrow won't dump the ball off to Joe Mixon. He did it with Mr. CEH in college. So, I don't know why people would think that – he want to get the dump offs. Now he's not one of those guys that's an elite pass catcher. One of those guys who I would slate in to catch 50 balls a season, but I don't think you really need that with Joe Mixon because he has that rushing power. Like I said, 1,138 rushing yards on a team that was garbage. They were shit last year. They even had Ryan Finley play for a bit of the year. So I think that Joe Mixon has a lot of upside. He's still very, very young. Now there is worries. Oh, Joe Mixon might hold out. What are the odds he holds out? I would say probably 5%. He would be stupid to hold out. So I think that uh, Joe Mixon is going to be great this season. I got him at RB five and you have him as four. So what do you think about Mixon? Yeah, I mean, on the holdout, they cut Dalton, obviously, saved, I think, 16 mil in cap savings. They can cut Giovanni Bernard and save two mil, so they're going to make the money. They don't need Giovanni Bernard. They don't need – I mean, I think keeping Andy Dalton, maybe restructuring the contract would have been good, but they don't need him. They'll Mm -hmm. figure out some veteran presence as a backup uh, just in case Burrow doesn't start right away or whatever happens there. But the Bengals ran 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end, three receivers, uh, 74% of the time. That's exactly what LSU ran. They're going to, not that they're going to mimic LSU's offense, but it fits perfectly to what Joe Burrow wants to do. And mm-hmm. like you said, the, the Clyde Edwards Alaire sort of comp to Joe Mixon, like it's there in a way because he will, he will look there first before he messes with 
rookie T. Higgins, banged up A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd over the middle. So I think it's just more of a – they're going to suit to him a little bit just to bring him in, and then it might explode from there. I mean, I really like him. I, I think it might be might be homerish, you could call, to have him over Zeke. I just think that his ceiling is so much higher if this offense hits. It might just take a little bit of time. But he's only 23, I think. I don't know if you said that. Zeke is 25. Yeah, There's the whole cap space thing with the Cowboys. Zeke probably can't – he can't be cut to like 2025, 20, so I'm not worried about that. But it's just I, – I like drafting upside in certain scenarios with dynasty drafts, so I think it's more tailored to how I draft it. But, I mean – I think at his floor, I think Mixon is a top six guy if he plays all the games with this new and improved offense. Yeah, I have him in the same tier as all those other guys that we listed above. Besides Chris McCaffrey, I think he's with Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, Mixon. Uh, what, do you think that's just true or no? Do you have the other guys slightly above? Yeah, I would probably still have Barkley just a little bit higher. Um, mm-hmm. No training camps. We're not going to see Joe Burrow mention that offense to where they're kind of using the same way on their offense. A lot of 11 personnel, yeah. a lot of three receiver sets with their just 25 touches a game so maybe but I think as of now it's tier one McCaffrey tier two Saquon I think it's like that that's safe RB1 and and Kamara Zeke Mixon okay that makes a lot of sense so at number six I have Mr. Nicholas Chubb he is your running back 10 he obviously has moved down a lot in your (laughs) rankings which we're going to get to in a second so last season in PPR he finished as running back number eight so pretty solid season out of the guy uh obviously there is some worries about Kareem Hunt, but we'll get to that in a second. So 298 carries 18.6 per game, third in the NFL, 1,494 rushing yards, second in the NFL. He would have beat Derrick Henry if they just decided to run him more in week 17, but they decided to let him sit down, give Kareem some more touches. So 50 targets, uh, 20th in the NFL, 36 receptions, 20th, 278 receiving yards, red zone touches is 52, and total touchdowns is eight. Something funny about Chubb is there was one game where he literally got the ball four times in a row on the one-yard line and he couldn't get in. It was like the O-line just – they just didn't allow him to score. It was fucking hilarious. Uh, it was actually kind of sad because I had him, but it was still pretty funny. So Chubb is my running back six. He's your running back 10. Uh, something to talk about here real quick is the Kareem Hunt thing. So do you think that Kareem Hunt really affects him all that much? Because I don't, I don't really think so. I think there's two sides to it. So I'll, I'll read off the split. So with Hunt, there was eight games. Without, there was eight games, obviously, an eight-game suspension. With Hunt, 12.97 points per game. Without, 19.68. So if we want to weigh into the fact that like, he was elite without Hunt, we also have to weigh into the fact that he was a, not elite with Hunt because it's eight and eight. It's split down the middle. But then, like, I look at contracts and all that stuff a lot. They only really – I don't – here's where it's tough because Hunt was a restricted free agent. They put a second-round tender on him. No team yeah. is going to pay a second-round tender for Hunt. So they got him back for – I think it's like three mil or whatever the, the set price for that is. So I think next year he's a unrestricted free agent. So he's going to hit the open market. But I kind of think Kareem Hunt knows now that he's not going to get what he should get. So part of me thinks they're going to keep bringing him back on these cheap contracts, like three to five mil. And it's just not ever going to work out for Chubb. But if they don't have Hunt anymore, say come next year, like Chubb is, he's honestly up there with Zeke, Mixon, even Kamara, just for how much he's going to be using this offense. The fancy he's going to run the ball. A lot of two tight end sets. They brought him another tight end in the draft. Who knows if Odell's going to be on the team. They're kind of thin at receiver. So regardless of if Hunt's there or not, I think that 12.97 will bump up. The team got better. The O-line got better. So that will be bumping up a little bit. I just feel like when I was going through it, I had him right around where you had him. And I was looking at it like, holy crap, I think I would rather have – well, we'll go into my next guys like all over him just because even in the long term, their floor is just as good as his ceiling to me. So I, it sucks because like I love Chubb, but – 
there is there is reasons not to like him. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I'm just very bought into his talent. And I think that, like you said, Stefanski's the coach now. I honestly think that Chubb could get 20 touches and or 25 touches a game and Kareem still get 10. So I think that's entirely mm-hmm. in the books. Yeah. And the only thing to worry about, though, to me, is obviously the pass catching work. Now, I don't have the stats on this, but it seemed like he wasn't catching nearly as many passes when Kareem Hunt was on the field. So that obviously is something that's worrying. But at the end of the day, the team has to get better. I know we said they'd get better, or I said they'd get better last year, and they were exactly the same. But they just have to. I mean, Kevin Stefanski has to be better than Freddie Kitchens and Hugh Jackson. He just has to be, because if he's not, then I, I just bought in completely wrong on the Browns. I mean, I understand there are definitely people who should just not draft the Browns. They say that, and I completely understand it. I won't draft any of the other Browns except for Chubb and Hunt. So uh, what do you think about Hunt real quick in, in Dynasty? I mean, I like him. Like, I took him a lot last year because, like, they – the thing with that is they wouldn't sign some guy with that, like, persona or ego, whatever you want to call it, if they weren't going to use him. Like, there would be no point just to sign him when you have Nick Chubb, yeah. when you have a couple preseason guys that were showing a lot that ended up just getting hurt. But I think that his ADP was so low because, I mean, in Dynasty, we like to associate whatever. We like to associate – no one likes Winston because he threw 30 picks, but he threw for 5,000 yards. Everyone likes Gardner Minshew because he wears jorts and has a mustache. It goes every single which way with any, every player. So, like, I love Hunt because no one is ever selling him high. Like, it's always, like I, – I don't even know, like, what to throw out there. Like, it's, it's always good for – we saw when he was in there, he was getting 10 to 12 a week, and he was super safe because it's like – he's a discounted Austin Eckler. He's on the field. You know he's probably getting the ball or he's running a route, which means he's yeah. probably getting the ball in the same way. So, it's – I like it. I mean, if I if I have Chubb, I'm probably going and getting Kareem Hunt because you can play both, and then if one gets hurt or vice versa, then you just start one of them. So I, I like him too a lot. He's probably like, oh gosh, I don't know, like a 20 to 24 range probably in rankings. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if Chubb gets hurt, he he literally could slot in right where Chubb is at like six. Oh, absolutely, five. yeah every week. So I love Chubb. Now the number seven guy for me, your number six guy is Dalvin Cook. My least favorite player to draft maybe ever besides Carson Wentz. Now Dalvin Cook running back six last season only played 14 games, but round of applause for him because he normally is capped at like eight games. So great game, great season by him. Dalvin Cook was on fire though. Uh, Like I said, he finished very high in the running back rankings. He was running back number my bad running back number six so he did great in PPR 250 carries 1135 rush yards 63 targets 53 receptions 519 receiving yards 50 red zone touches 13 touchdowns so this guy was literally lighting it up every single week week in and week out he would carry your team by himself and then everyone bought into Madison when he got hurt Madison just completely shit the bed but that's a completely different story Dalvin Cook to me is one of those guys where if you draft him in Dynasty, you have to overpay for the backup because I am not drafting Dalvin Cook without owning his backup because of his injury concerns. Now, I know he didn't get hurt as early as he did normally, but he's gotten hurt all three years he's been in the NFL. So to me, I'm not a fucking doctor, but that scares me, okay? Plain and simple. I'm just scared of that. I think that he has amazing talent. And another thing I'm worried about why I don't have him hires, I think, now that Stefanski's gone, do they run it as much? I don't know. So what do you think? Like, I agree with what you started off with. Like, every part of me wants me to wants to put him, like, at, like, 12 or 11. Because he's, like, 56.8% from sports injury predictor for a chance to re-injure in 2020. Projected 1.8 games missed. Like, if you're – if I tell you that he's only going to play in 14 games, you're not drafting him in the top probably 10 now with all the guys that we're going to oh, lay out yeah, here. Oh, yeah, he goes top 12 in most drafts. So it, it sucks because we know when he plays, he's elite. Um, 
I'm, like when he put, I don't know. It's 4.5 targets per game. And the team ran the ball three plays um, more per game than the average of all 32 teams. 4.5 targets is good by itself. They mm-hmm. added Justin Jefferson. It'll take time for him to fully develop into the 94 vacated targets that Stephon Diggs left. Even if he comes fully into that, the beginning games, if there's no training camp or OTAs, they'll just look to Dalvin Cook a little bit more. The team is good enough to get red zone attempts. Justin Jefferson was the only ad they had. So, like, lose Stephon, Stephon Diggs, replace Justin Jefferson. I just threw my AirPods case. It, it just, like, I feel like it's his target share is going to be so, like, it's so safe. But, like, how safe is it really when he can get injured in one play and we – but we know this going in. So, like, what draws people off of it? It's just, like, it's hard to, like, gauge. Yeah, it is really hard to gauge. I mean, in redraft, I'd be a lot more confident drafting him. Still not confident because I think he's going to get hurt, but a lot more because I just know, like, he'll probably play 14 games. But I'm very worried about him. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he missed a lot of games. I'm, that's just how I feel. That's just how I draft. I'm just – stay away from these injury-prone guys. So, at number seven – or number eight, I should say, we have – or I have Josh Jacobs. You have Josh Jacobs at number seven. So, Josh Jacobs in his rookie season actually played much better than most people thought he would. Obviously, he was one of those guys that's super thick, so some people might not believe in that. So, running back number 21 last season – in just 13 games. So he had 242 carries, 13th in the NFL, 1,150 rushing yards, 28 targets, 20 receptions, 166 receiving yards, 44 red zone touches, 11th in the NFL, and seven total touchdowns. Now, one thing to note real quick, now they're the Las Vegas Raiders, and also I think that the coaches have reported that they want to try to get him the ball more in the passing game. Now, how much do you buy into coach speak? Sometimes it's right. Sometimes they just slap you right in the face and it's completely wrong. So I wouldn't count on him getting more than 30, 40 targets. But, I mean, the upside might be 50 for him. So what do you think about Mr. Jacobs? You have him as uh, one slot higher than me at seven. Yeah, I mean, it was weird because I was, like, right around the eight to even 12 range because, like, I see the workhorse role. But I actually, like, looked into it. John Gruden in his whole career, coaching career, He's given the running backs, like this is the whole running back group, not just their RB1, 383 attempts and 147 targets a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably should have added that up in my head. 530. 530 opportunities to his running back rooms. Mm-hmm. And then they got rid of DeAndre Washington, who had 39 attempts, 47 targets. They bring in Lynn Bowden, who apparently is listed as a running back. He's going to play kind of like the, the Taysom Hill um, sort of role because he played quarterback in college too. Jalen Richard's still there, but even when Jacobs was healthy, Richard was nothing more than a change of pace guy. So like his his um his highest like I don't want to say ceiling because like his like high upside of touches is humongous, but he is injury prone. We saw that last year. I think they know that. Um, so they're not gonna like just like run him into the ground. Obviously, they spent a first round pick, so they don't want to do that. But I think that forty targets is definitely capable. Um, because it's not like Bowden's going to be the only running back on the field. He's going to be, like, getting manufactured touches, kind of like Debo Samuel, a player like that. So yeah. it's going to be Jacobs or uh, Jalen Richard on the field. So I think it's – you could probably shoot up to, like, 30 targets, maybe 20 more rushing attempts. But if you add that on to what he had last year and this whole team is getting better with all the additions they made, that means more red zone attempts behind the elite offensive line. I think, I think he could easily be even higher than where we have him. He could easily be up there with Zeke and Dalvin Cook um, if, if this offense really does what they've kind of set out to do this offseason. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think that the, the Raiders are just going to be so much better. Obviously, the move does not help them at all, even though some people think, oh, they moved to Las Vegas. Now it'll make them better. That doesn't <laughs> fucking mean anything. But obviously, to me, the addition of rugs really means so much for Jacobs because now they're going to be more worried. I know you kind of talked about it. Now they're going to be more worried about the pass because last season they had who? They had Renfro, Tyrell Williams, Daryl yeah, no Waller. Who the fuck else did they have? They have no one. They had no one who was going to absolutely burn your ass if you weren't scared of it. And that's exactly what could potentially happen this year. Even if, to me, I don't like Derek Carr that much or Mariota. But at the end of the day, they're good enough. Uh, Josh Jacobs is going to be great this season. And like you said, I think he does have very high upside. So at number nine, we have my man, Austin Eckler. One of my favorite running backs in the NFL, Los Angeles Chargers. Now you have him at eight. I got him at nine. No real disrespect there. Very similar to me. I had a hard time ranking Jacobs and Eckler because I think they're just that close to each other so Eckler last season finished as running back number three and let that sink in or running back four with Melvin Gordon there a majority of the time so Austin Eckler running back four like I said 132 carries 557 rushing yards 108 targets 92 receptions 993 receiving yards red zone touches 27 and 11 total touchdowns now I made this joke calling him run CMC light, Christian McCaffrey light. And honestly, that might be possible if he is really the only guy there. I know they brought brought in, they drafted a guy, but that guy's not fucking Melvin Gordon, okay? He's just not. So I think that Eckler has immense upside this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he caught over 100 balls this year. And that is just such good floor to have, especially he's got 92 last year. So that's 90 free points going straight to your team. And I think he might get some more carries. So overall, I like this move. And now there is some worries. What do you think about this? The fact that Tyrod doesn't dump the ball off. What do you have to say about that? Because, I mean, it's kind of true. I, I, I hate those rumors, like those, those <laughs> narratives, because he doesn't dump it off because the Sean McCoy and Carlos Hyde aren't Austin Eckler. Like, I know. I said that, whole, too. Tom Brady loves this. It's, it's, yes, there's narrative. Like, okay, Tom Brady throws it the slot and tied in because, one, the best receiver on the team, Julian Edelman, Hall of Famer, was in the slot. The best tight end um, probably since Tony Gonzalez, yeah, was the tight end on the team. Yeah, yeah. Don't buy into the narratives. Here's the thing with Austin Eckler. Like, go buy him in every single league. Buy into him. Uh, third last year, he was second in points per opportunity behind Dare Ogunwumbale. So, he was basically first in terms of, like, workhorse running backs. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon had 19.7 opportunities, which is either a rushing attempt or a target per game. Yeah. Obviously, he's gone. They bring in Josh Kelly with Justin Jackson. I bet you one of them – I think one of them will get cut, and I think it might be Justin Jackson. Kelly is a um, – just an overall, like, safe running back with good special teams upside, so I think they'll choose him. Yeah. They obviously traded their second and third round picks to move up to get Kenneth Murray. So they obviously didn't – weren't looking for a running back. Like, I thought they might go get Jonathan Taylor in round two because, like, might as well. You know, a good upside, safe yeah. floor. You can utilize both where they should be. But they didn't do that. They were straight up like, we don't need running back depth. So yeah. they they are fully bought into Eckler. He's probably going, I don't even know, RB. I always seem to be able to get him in like the middle of uh, round two in startups. Like, I don't know if that's still the case. I haven't done any I mean, I just got him in since. round three. So Yeah, like no one buys into him because of this. there's this persona of he's just like Tariq Cohen. He's just the he's not receiving back. He's just like, but he's not. They paid him. They did not draft a running back. They got rid of their franchise running back that was going to be their franchise running back. So, like, buy-in. I might even have him too low. I I might move Dalvin Cook lower than him after this now that I kind of think about it. But just just go get him. Like, he is – like, you can go quarterback, quarterback, running back, and super flex like you did in your league and be set. 
Yeah, I mean, I love Austin Eckler. This guy has such immense talent, and when he gets the ball in his hand, he could take that shit to the end zone regardless of where he is. I mean, the first, like, three games without Melvin Gordon or how many ever many games it was, it was a little destruction. This guy was dropping, like, 20, 30 points a game. So now at number 10, we just spoke about his name, actually. Jonathan Taylor, for me, is my number 10 guy. He's your number 11 guy. Now, obviously, he gets drafted to the Indianapolis Colts in the second round. He was not a first-round pick like many people thought he would be. He ends up in Indy. Now, in 14 games at Wisconsin, 320 rushing yards or rushing attempts I should say 2,003 rushing yards 6.3 a carry 26 total tutties 26 receptions on 26 targets he didn't even drop the ball 252 receiving yards 10.3 percent target share in the Wisconsin offense Jonathan Taylor goddamn his his tape is amazing this guy is a beast I I would have loved if he went to the Chargers but he went to Indy Marlon Mack is gonna get fucking knocked out of the way fuck you Marlon Mack you're not doing anything I'm sorry to hear that Tyler for you but Jonathan Taylor is fucking amazing. So what do you think about Jonathan Taylor? You got him at 11. I got him at 10. Pretty much the same. So, Yeah, I mean, the only thing that scares me is the initial um, battle with Marlon Mack. They can cut him for virtually nothing, but due to no training camps, I don't think they're going to do that. Um, they they are a good franchise. I harp on all the time. I love Chris Ballard and the way he's sort of <laughs> made that team ever since Quentin Nelson. Like, from then, this team has skyrocketed. Um, their O-line is insane. Seventh in power rate uh, – power rank, sorry – Fourth yeah. and second level rank, which is their ability to get to the linebackers to continually run block, and tenth in open field success rate. Fourth in yards or plays per drive. Now you add Philip Rivers, who brings a, just a humongous dynamic, which we don't think it would, but like it's going to. Jacoby Brissett to Philip Rivers. I mean, like, come on. So yeah. much more is going to generate that. Michael Pittman, hopefully T.Y. Hilton comes back. Paris Campbell will be healthy. Zach Pascal, you got Jack Doyle. Yeah. Like the only thing he has to worry about is just initially beating out Marlon Mack, which like he could easily not because Marlon Mack is still successful behind that offensive line, but he will eventually. So I don't, I, I like draft him, but like don't draft him in thinking like I have a layer higher by two spots because a layer is going to get that initial um, production guaranteed. Like there's not a chance that Damian Williams is taking the receiving work from him, but I love Jonathan Taylor. Like, None of us, like, projected this landing spot. Um, we were talking about this when we were live streaming. But, like, this is the best possible landing spot for Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. It's literally a mimic of Wisconsin's offense. So, like, I'm super excited to see. I mean, I don't want to go try and beat Quentin Nelson with Jonathan Taylor rushing behind him at all. Yeah. So, it's, it's, very, it's very scary. Um, and it's, it's looking up for him for sure. Yeah, I mean, their O-line is no longer what it was when Andrew Luck was getting absolutely smacked up behind there. So I love Jonathan Taylor. This is a, a great spot for him. Now, we just talked about him. CEH is my number 11 guy, your number nine guy. Now, he gets drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs in the first round with the final pick of the first round. So that obviously means a lot. That means that they love him. Uh, Andy Reid loves him. I mean, Pat Mahomes loves him. And I think that this is just going to be the easiest spot for him. He lands in a spot where, sure, Damian Williams might get the carries, but this guy's still going to get a bunch of catches every single game. He's going to be a beast. So in college, when he was at LSU, 15 games, 215 rushes for 1,414 rushing yards, 6.6 a carry, 17 total tutties, 55 receptions, 58 targets, 453 receiving yards, and 10.2% target share on that offense. So him and Jonathan Taylor both above 10, which is pretty good, some stuff we like to see. Now, obviously, he this guy, I think his landing spot is better than Jonathan Taylor's, but it could be argued that both of them, but just getting drafted in the first round shows you how much confidence Andy Reid had him that he said, you know what? Fuck the fact that our corners are just not that great. We're just going to draft the guy that I think can score us the most points. It's the Dallas idea of drafting CeeDee Lamb. So CEH, why do you like him at nine over where I have him at 11? 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of vacated production, 118 attempts and 41 targets. So you can just you can just hand those over to Alaire next year. And yeah. even even if they give 30 of those to Damian Williams because they get hurt, like the, Damian Williams will not. I mean, I'm not gonna say he won't catch a pass. He will not go out on third down to catch a pass over Alaire. Like it's it's yeah, true. No. It's not gonna happen. Mahomes literally hand selected Alaire. Like they like said that on a broadcast. Like he hand selected him, so he is going to choose to throw the ball to him. Um, it's, it's just like, it, you don't think of everyone wanted Deandre Swift here because everyone thinks that Damian Williams needs replaced. And then this happened and everyone's like, Holy cow. Like this actually <laughs> makes more sense. Like this is yep. the perfect spot. Uh, 19.7% of the targets last year for the chiefs went to the running backs. If a can literally get 20% of the targets, like that's, that's like Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey level. So it's, it's too good to be true. I know Tyler does not like, Lair there. He's also kind of just like holding on to his brand a little bit. Um, he will come <laughs> around, but it's it. I it's just too good. I I I don't even know if nine's too low because Damian Williams is a free agent next year. I highly doubt they go out and sign anyone worth worth like Damian Williams' value this year. It's it's kind of scary actually. It's the highest running back Andy Reid's ever drafted. They kind of need like that other receiving weapon outside of Tyreek and Travis Kelsey, and I think they found it. Yeah, I mean, I got him at running back 11, but I would not be surprised if he finished inside of the top five. Maybe not this year, but next year for sure, if Damian Williams is out of there. I mean, the Kansas City offense, what are you going to do? You have literally three of them, three amazing players on our team. They got Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and now they have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I don't know what they're going to do because they were like the 49ers couldn't even stop Sammy Watkins. So how are you going to stop CEH? So at number 12, my final player, not your final player, so we have another player, bonus player to talk about, is Cameron Akers of the LA Rams, formerly of FSU, the best offensive lineman on FSU, who's actually a running back. 11 games, 231 rushes, 1,144 rushing yards, five yards per carry, eight total tutties, 30 receptions, 42 targets, 225 receiving yards, and 9.7 target share. Now his number don't scream out holy shit this guy's amazing like the other guys did but you know what this guy did this behind one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen in the tape I've watched he literally will get like bombarded by a million dudes and still somehow make it out of there five yards per carry for him I love this move for the Rams there is no way in fuck Darrell Henderson is getting more touches than this guy I just don't see it I think just I think even this year Cam Akers will make enough of a splash to be worthy of being potential RB two high-end RB2 every single week. So what do you think about Mr. Cameron Akers? I mean, I, I have him at 13. I just have Sanders at 12 because they don't have a well, – they have a couple of guys in contention to be the Jordan Howard from last year. I think I think they will go get Devontae Freeman or Carlos Hyde. They will go get someone. like So stop – everyone stop loving – I mean, I'm not saying don't love Miles Sanders, but stop doing your, your victory laps. It's um, April 30th whenever you're seeing this. It might be May. The season doesn't start for three months. Doug Peterson will find his Jordan Howard, his LeGarrette Blount. It will happen. But Cam, Cam Akers, I mean, Todd Gurley was running back 15 last year, and everyone hated Todd Gurley. This team did yeah. not make any changes. I mean, they made changes, but they didn't. The team, the offense is the exact same. Uh-huh. They obviously like Cameron Cam, I'm saying Cameron Akers. Cam Akers. I keep calling him that, team, This team needed O-line. This team needed defense. And their first pick was a running back after they just took a $7 million cap hit of cutting Gurley. Yeah. Henderson's gone like not gone but like he's not the starter like it's Cam Akers job to lose you slide him into Gurley maybe a little bit less so like RB20 that's if this team doesn't get any better I think this team will get a little bit better but RB20 when you're getting him in your in a full startup probably like round four but in like your rookie draft like 
that is that's huge. That's like what like you're not the hit rate of those guys actually being like an RB twenty or an RB two or higher is insane. So like he, I, I think I just got him in like the one ten in like a super flex league. Like it's insane how low he's yeah, going. No one believes in him. It it makes no sense. Like it, you they're just scared. Everyone just doesn't like it because the whole Rams bad offensive line persona. Um, best pass rank rank O line last year. Yeah, it was the Rams. So don't think their O line's actually that bad. They were just not very good at running in between the tackles, which is that Gurley's fault? Is it the offense's fault? I think they'll see that solution. And Akers was fantastic at creating his own yards. Like you said, he was the best offensive lineman. Five yards per carry. Probably 4.5 of those came after contact. Like 100%. It was the best possible like, landing spot. Yeah, there's like 10 guys on him before he can even fucking move. So, I mean, Cam Akers to yeah, me is just it, amazing. Th- this spot is is amazing. He people. The reason why I think people don't like him is because of the Todd Gurley syndrome of everyone hating Todd Gurley, and maybe they just think the line sucks because Todd Gurley was running in slow motion last season. So I think that Cam Akers is going to be amazing in LA. I think that this is a very safe pick to me. I think he has tons of upside as well. But like unlike Jonathan Taylor, I think this guy might be getting way. I think he can get more touches than Jonathan Taylor the first couple of games at least. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that – I think in my redraft um, – I don't know if we'll do rankings or not. I think he's probably my three. Um, I have Dobbins over him in Dynasty. I just think the long term for Dobbins is better. Um, I might even have Akers as my two in terms of redraft rankings. Allaire is going to be the one. But, yeah, the, if you need, like, a running back for, like, two years in Dynasty, like, Akers is the perfect guy to uh, – if you're doing a startup, target him there. If not, try and get him around him, like, the 105, 106 – um, because they will run him into the ground just like they did with Gurley, which is a good thing for fresh legs. Yeah, fresh legs, baby. So at number 12, obviously, your guy was Miles Sanders. We kind of talked about him a bit. Now, the reason why Miles Sanders is not in my rankings is exactly what you said. It does not matter who is behind Miles Sanders. Mr. Doug Peterson loves running back by committee. He just loves it. It's just his forte. It's just what he does every single season. And like you said, they're probably going to bring in maybe Freeman. Maybe they bring in Carlos Hyde. They could bring in anyone there. Because he doesn't give a fuck. He will just play that guy. Boston Scott will get touches if it's just Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. So why do you have Sanders at 12 real quick? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of vacated production, 146 attempts, 25 targets. Michael Warren, undrafted free agent. I really like him. I don't think he deserved to be an undrafted free agent. He's really one-dimensional in the spot they need in a power runner or bruiser. Um, like you said, they've always had a work or they've always had a committee. Because a committee is what is efficient unless you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey or like a Zeke or – but even Zeke's on a committee now. So it's they, – they aren't going to just go off that just because. Like they're not going to be like, yeah, let's just switch it up this year after they just won <laughs> yeah. the division. Like obviously their season wasn't that great, but they just won their division. That's all you can ask for like out of your team when the division go to the playoffs. So I think it's – if I had to guess, it's going to be a Carlos Hyde. I think they saw last year that he put up 1,000 yards. Um, I'm decent amount of – like there's about 4.5-ish yards per carry. So he had a good season – He'll be on a team, whether it's there or some other team, come in season time. Sanders, his still his his dynasty outlook though is just so, um, it's so that's just great, honestly, because I think that when it comes down to contract time, if they pay him, I think that's when they'll switch off the whole committee thing. And if they don't pay him, some team's gonna pay a running back like that. You see that with Joe Mixon, even Austin Eckler, running backs that have the dual skill set. Um, but I think Kim. As of now, Sanders is higher than Akers because it's not a backup. But once they get one, I'll probably move like Akers, maybe even Kenyon Drake up, players like that. 
Okay, yeah, I, I, lo- I like Miles Sanders now. I was very off of him, to be honest with you, just because I thought they were going to draft a guy that might be more talented than whoever they bring in. So I think Miles Sanders should be pretty good this season. I'm just not completely bought into him. Now, mm-hmm. real quick, we're just going to recap our rankings with tiers real quick. So to me, like we said, uh, Chris McCaffrey is literally a god. This guy is a running back, wide receiver combined. So he's, he's one in a tier of his own for me. I got Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, Mixon, Chubb and Cook all in one tier together. And then I'm going to go with the Jacobs, Eckler, Taylor, and Hilaire in one thing, and then uh, Akers in the tier at the bottom. So, obviously, I'll read off your list real quick. So, you have Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders. Now, is there any, like, type of tier gap behind uh, Jonathan Taylor and Miles Sanders, or do you see them more closer? Um, I'd, say, I'd say I'd have JT – higher than Sanders. I think JT's like the, from JT up to Cook is a tier, obviously mm-hmm. the top two in uh, CMC Barkley and then my Mixon, what, two through four. Yeah. Uh, Sanders is still kind of teetering on that. Like if you, you don't want Sanders as your RB1, but he could definitely like be okay if he is, you wouldn't have to worry too much, but I would prefer the top 11. I'm in the first probably two rounds of startups. Yeah, and you should also be a bit concerned that they actually did draft a running back in Jalen Hurts, so shout out to the Eagles. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So uh, thank you guys all for watching this video. If you guys enjoyed, please click that subscribe button down below. Lucas, where do you want them to uh, find you? All the links are down below in the description. Yeah, there's a couple links. uh, YouTube Fantasy Stock Exchange, fsedraftguide.com, our free rookie draft guide. Um, uh, Your rookie draft might be over, but it's still informative just for redraft for Dynasty. That'll be updated as we go with Dynasty, redraft, all the stuff you need for actual season. And, yeah, the Fantasy Stocks change on YouTube, and that's about it. Yeah, check that all out down below. Uh, make sure you guys have a great rest of your day. Lucas's Twitter is also on the screen, so you can just type that in. It might be easier. Have a great rest of your guys' day. Follow me on Twitter.